Welcome to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this podcast is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. My first guest today is going to be Dan Johnson. We're talking about keeping fishing fun. Listen to this segment. You'll enjoy it. And then the man I call all things bass fishing, Ken Duke. If I have a question about something, an old tournament result, an old fisherman, a new fisherman, Ken Duke is in the know on all of that. And then Dustin Cannell, he just won Toledo Bend, and he won it by 44 pounds, three ounces over the other competitors. You got to listen to this. But first, I would like to remind everybody that this segment is always brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And most of the time, we have Dan Johnston. Welcome back, Dan. Hey, Dave. How are you? I am doing good. You know, uh, We've touched on this subject a couple different ways before, but uh, keeping fishing fun, especially when you're taking new people out or lapsed anglers, or there, there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? Yeah, it's, I love the topic because you, well, you know one of Saint Croix's pillar core beliefs is giving the angler, every angler, the best experience possible, regardless of their um, level in yeah. the sport. So I love the topic. And I, I would say I would dive right into a couple things here uh, that I would say right off the bat when I got this topic. Number one, it's always fun to catch them. Yep. Period. End of story. I mean, it's great to get out. No doubt. We see eagles and turtles and all the things out there that a lot of big city folks don't see all the time or even people that don't get out in the outdoors much to see all the time like we do and take for granted. But it's really, really more fun to catch them. So when we're taking people fishing, let's be cognizant of that. And my advice would be to focus on what's biting, whether that's a bluegill, whether that's a white bass blowing up in the fall. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we target just bass, and I've made that mistake before, and gone out and it's tough and you grind it out, you know, some people love that because they're competitive people. Other people are like, man, why you do this? And then the second thing I would say kind of segues into the, the point I just made about the eagles and the turtles is a lot of things that Dave, you and I and people that fish a lot take for granted that we see on a day-to-day basis every every single time we're out. I, I call it the Lord's miracles. They're in front of us all the time. And I think when we have somebody new out there, we shouldn't take that for granted. If you, In other words, if you see something, say, something if you see a a a crayfish down on the bottom you know you and i will blow right over it but that's the time to stop and say look at that man check that out look at what color that is you know they go through this molting phase and explain the things that we as anglers know because a lot of people don't and they might find that the coolest part of their day so pay attention to the details the things that we normally take for granted then also try to catch them yeah, I like that. Point out the whole experience, whether there's a, a snake swimming in the shallows or, like you said, a crayfish or a turtle or or you see a, a different kind of duck. Maybe you're out there in the spring or fall where you got a migrating duck that you don't get to see in your area. It's not just a mallard. It's something else. Uh, all those things are so cool. And, and uh, I, I think... Uh, you know, I try not to take it for granted, but you get wrapped up in doing whether you're tournament fishing. I, I do a much better job of pointing all that out when I'm guiding because that's part of the experience. They want to hear 
They want to catch fish. They want to uh, learn, and they want to experience have an experience that they go home and they remembered a lot of things, not just catching fish. Well, the, the, one of the reasons I brought that point up is I actually used that. I had a I had a guy out that didn't fish much. And this was last fall, and we were back in a cove. And we, we looked around the other cove. I fired the engine up and ran because we didn't catch him in this cove. I'm running to a spot, and I see 800 to 1,000 pelicans in mm. the back of this cove sitting there. And I got off plane and sat down, and I said, isn't that cool? And the guy goes, yeah, man, those, those, those are pelicans, aren't they? And I said, yeah, but do you understand why they're here this time of year and what they're doing <laughs> right now? He goes, I have no idea. I said, they're back in that cove because they've corralled the shatter high in the water column. We've talked about that today already. That's why we're throwing these top waters, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, these pelicans know that too. So they, they form this big ring and they corral these this bait back and they feed just like schooling fish do. And the guy goes, no way. And I go, yeah, you don't see this all times of year. No. And we ended up talking about it for like 10 minutes. And I, I could have easily blown by that because you and I see it every fall, right? Yep. But the fact that we just spent a little bit of time talking to this guy about it, I think it opened his world to all sorts of things like, man, that is really cool. Um, so that's why I wanted to emphasize that point so much. Yeah. And, and uh, taking it a little bit farther when you're taking kids, you, you don't need to catch the biggest fish. They want to see that bobber go down. Uh, bluegills are a great thing you can go fish for, or you know, green-eared sunfish, the warmouth rock bass, whatever. They they bite all the time, and and you can go there and and they love it. They see it. They see it. They see it. But the other point to that is, don't just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. You'll know when they're done because they're gonna they're they're gonna lose interest and then maybe they want to go do something else and that's okay, isn't it? especially kids, Dave, you're spy. I made that mistake with my son. Um, and he likes to fish, never really loved it, but likes it. But I remember when he was young, I would take him out sometimes way, way, way too long. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think it's important to when matter of fact, the best case scenario is I took him and his buddy down to Lake of the Ozarks a couple of years ago. And one of his buddies had never done crappie dock shooting before. And we were absolutely smoking them. And we pulled up to the last dock and I let them catch like 10. And I said, that's it rods in fired the engine up they're going what what you got to be kidding me but here's what happened the whole drive home they're like dad when are we doing this again yeah. when are we coming back down and it worked and I, I think sometimes to your point when you wear people out and grind it out and you end on a real tough part that's what they remember um it, it was their last experience man that last part of it was a bummer now obviously we got to get past that when we fish more and understand that's part of fishing you know but from the front side, when you're first taking people who've never gone, I totally agree with you. Yeah, you want them, you want them to get done and say, when can we do this again? Oh, that's exactly right. And man, did they. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. knocking my door down now. <laughs> so and, it worked in spades. But, I, but like I said, I made that mistake with my son when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't think people need to... Uh, um, just use lures. Don't be afraid to go buy, a, you know, get yourself a, a minnow bucket full of, of minnows and or red worms or wax worms or night crawlers. And hey, if catfish are biting, get catfish bait, get cut bait, get stink bait, whatever. Chicken livers, go and do it. Sit on the bank, go fishing, have fun. And it, it's just so important that all of us in the fishing world and all of the listeners out there and everybody in this industry teaches somebody to fish 
at least one person every year, if not more. We had so many people come into the sport because of COVID. And we, Dave, you and I have done episodes on this, and I've talked to a lot of people about it in the industry. And I think it's our responsibility to help people be successful anything we can possibly do to help them catch them because we've talked about this a bunch of times the more people in the sport the more revenue we raise through licensing the more tax dollars we create through gear purchasing that gets funded towards great things to sustain our fisheries so i completely agree with you i think the last thing we want to do is i'm not going to show this guy this because he'll go catch him and i won't you know i i don't agree with that attitude i i think we should try to help everybody be successful absolutely and and uh, both of us have worked retail i still do you do it on a uh, uh retail level when you're at sports shows work in the booth for st croix and uh, we get to help people every day, but the average fisherman may not think he has that opportunity, but he does. And uh, I'm, we both feel blessed to be in this industry and help people, and I, I think we're going to keep doing it. And that's one of the reasons I think uh, we like doing this uh, program together. Yeah, it's a great topic. It's a it's it's one of the better topics we do because it's about other people and not us, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Keeping fishing fun. That's Dan Johnston. Thanks, Dan. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much, Dave. Oh, no problem. I'd like to remind the listeners that this program is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Daiwa MagForce Z, similar in design to our SB system. Reels with MagForce Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MagForce Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Dialogue. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection, St. Croix. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly has a passion for the outdoors. He is Ken Duke. He has been on many, many times on the We Fish ASA podcast. And to me, he is all things bass fishing. He is a media magnet. He knows everything to do with everybody involved in the, in the bass industry. And I always enjoy hearing what he has to say. Welcome back, Ken. Thank you, Dave. I'm not sure I can live up to that introduction, but I'm sure going to try. Oh, I, I think you can. And I, I think, uh, you know, I always like to get a, uh, uh, a quarterly report or so from, from Ken Duke. And you've got your, your finger on the pulse of the bass industry and what's going on. And, you know, we're, we're in 2024. We've started. We've had uh, some events already. And then there's some events that are coming up here. Bassmaster Classic. You, you know, you got... Uh, uh, just so many, so many different things that are going to happen here in a, in a very short while, and it's the spawn in the south, and that's got to be exciting. 
Hey, all that is true. Uh, yeah, I've got the spawn down here in Florida. Of course, uh, it's uh, it's only February, but a lot of fish in Florida already spawning. And and as you mentioned, you've got all these championships going on. You've got not only the Bassmaster Classic and Redcrest, but also the NPFL Championship that's coming up on Lake Amistad pretty soon. So it's a it's a big big important time of year in the world of bass fishing, especially competitive bass fishing. It is, and there's there's a lot of different uh, uh, players uh, that can fish different leagues, and, and we've seen many of them jump around, but there there is still a, a several hundred people in this country that deserve, I think, to be fishing at a professional level, and, you know, that number may be more or maybe less, but I, I think uh, the opportunity to do it is is probably better than it's ever been. Yeah, there's certainly more spots available. Uh, what worries me, of course, Dave, and you and I have talked about this many times, um, you've got a lot of spots available. There are three big leagues out there now, all all with a lot of money uh, to be won. But I wonder if our sport is has gotten any larger in terms of the sponsorship dollars, in terms of the uh, non-endemic dollars that are being dedicated to it. So even though there are a lot of guys out there who are now professional anglers, uh, I think they're, they're fighting over the same amount of money that maybe they were fighting over for a long time now. Yeah, and that is unfortunate because many of the purses are not that great and they don't seem to go up as... Uh, as the years go on, and we certainly know that inflation eats at those dollars, yet the price of equipment and boats and motors and transportation and everything else to get to these tournaments goes up uh, leaps and bounds. You know, when, when you and I started in the sport and we started looking at, at things like bass boats as young adults, uh, I don't think we could have imagined that those things could go for $100,000 one day. Yeah. But that's where they're at. It is. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, anything strike you as uh, uh, you know numbers in the in the tournaments that are showing up, or weights that are being caught, or anything so far this early season that uh, sticks out in your mind? Well, uh, yeah, obviously the elephant in the room in, in that regard, Dave, as you know so well, is what Scott Martin did on his home waters of Lake Okeechobee um, at the Bassmaster Open there just a couple of days ago, Scott. I came in with 90 pounds over three days, breaking Byron Velvick's 20, almost 24-year-old record of 83.5 back on Clear Lake in 2000. So that's the big news. And uh, Scott just whacked him. He won that tournament by more than 20 pounds, which is one of the biggest beatdowns and largest margins of victory in, in BASS history. So that was a big one. That was a kind of a a shot heard around the world. Anybody who's not familiar with what Scott did in that event needs to be paying attention because that was big news. Yeah, 20 pounds, that's a, that's a good limit almost anywhere in the country, and he beat everybody else by that. Yeah, he almost did not have to launch on the final day, but of course he did, and uh, we saw him break the record. It's a record that uh, Byron Velvet held for many years, and uh, I know Byron was sad to see it go, but he's <laughs> glad to see a friend like Scott Martin take it down, and you know, Scott probably knows Lake Okeechobee as well as anybody. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't born in Florida, but he's certainly spent probably... Uh, every moment of his life that he can remember as a Florida resident and uh, growing up on Lake Okeechobee as the son of Roland Martin doesn't hurt you any. 
No, not at all. And and I was watching that day three, and like you said, I didn't think he needed to catch a whole lot, and he didn't in the beginning. He got that, uh, I think the second fish was a six-pounder, and then he had some smaller fish, a couple ones, a two, and then when he got that that first nine, and then after it got the nine-eight, I was like, oh, game over. You know, you don't need to watch anymore, but that was pretty exciting. Yeah, very exciting. I, I think after... You know, after the early morning, once he had a limit in there, I think it, it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to win. But the record, I thought the record looked reasonably safe because he had his he had his five fish limit and still was five or six pounds short of the record. Uh, but then when you catch two nines, boom, that's that's over. Yeah, and, and, and that speaks towards the fishery, too. I think, you know, as much pressure as, as those lakes down there in Florida get, um, they seem to be able to produce at certain times of year, most time around the spawn. But those fish are there all year, but you don't see those quality of fish later in the year most of the time. A lot of truth to that, for sure. And, you know, Okeechobee... Uh, Florida has, I, I think, three distinct regions. I'm a, a Floridian, born here, live here, love it here. Uh, and Okeechobee is a different animal. Okeechobee, of course, is, is in, in deep South Florida. It's half a million acres, uh, but ironically, it tends to fish small. And although there are a world of big fish in Lake Okeechobee, uh, a nine-pound fish is huge there. You don't see the numbers of tens that you'll see, for example, on the much, much, much smaller Kissimmee chain of lakes. Um, their metabolism just runs so hot. In Okeechobee, it's hot all year, very, very few cool respites, and those fish just don't get as big. So for Scott to do what he did uh, on Okeechobee is, is extra impressive. Uh, I would be less surprised to see a catch like that on the Kissimmee chain or, or even on the St. John's River. But uh, to do it at Okeechobee, that's quite something. Yeah, yeah. Well, in all the leagues, uh, I think we're all interested to see how all these uh, new, younger, vast uh, qualifiers and major league fishing qualifiers and, and, you know, all the leagues out there have some younger guns. It's going to be interesting to see how they really, you know, this is the beginning. Let's see how they look at the end of the year. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm very fascinated by what the National Professional Fishing League is doing this year, Dave, uh, NPFL has, has really expanded. Um, not only have they drawn some of the big names from the other circuits like Zach Burge and Patrick Walters and Kyle Welcher, but they're, they've got some legends fishing over there now, including uh, David Fritz and Tommy Biffle. So keep your eyes on NPFL. Yes, absolutely. And I believe we had the... Uh... Uh, the tournament director from NPFL, and I believe the founder of that, he was on the We Fish ASA podcast, uh, I believe, last summer or maybe before that. But but it's interesting to have other leagues open up and opportunities. I think it's opportunities not only for those pros, seasoned pros, but for people that are up-and-comers. Yeah, it's a terrific league run by some wonderful people. And, uh, you know, you look at the battle between BASS and, and Major League Fishing and you think that that's, the, that's the real battlegrounds. But NPFL is, is getting itself heard out there. And uh, you got to keep an eye on them. Yep, we definitely will. And I always keep an eye on De Ken Duke because all things bass fishing to me, Ken, and I always appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. And, and I am hoping next time I call you'll come on again. Oh, Dave, you know I never turn you down, man. You're, you're a great friend, and I appreciate you. Oh, no problem. I thank you. That was Ken Duke. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. 
We will be right back after these messages. Calcutta Outdoors. From bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Daiwa. Our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast, and this podcast is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I appreciate everything they do for this program. Today's guest is probably on cloud nine yet. He just finished winning Toledo Bend and uh, he's got a nice big check to prove it. Welcome to the program, Dustin Cannell. Yes, sir. I'm glad to have, glad, glad y'all having me. Yeah, and you know what? You won by 44 pounds, three ounces, if I read it right. Is that crazy? Yeah, that was, that was, it was a great afternoon period, you know, and I, uh, that's one of them days you dream about. Yeah, and did you have that kind of practice that you thought you would would have this kind of tournament or not really? Man, I had a really good practice. I did, but the, the, the issue during the week at Toledo is the water was rising, the water was getting muddy, and then it was clearing later in the week, and it was just a bunch of variables all week long. So I just had to stay on the move and, and, and keep an open mind, but I did have a good practice. Well, and that and that certainly helps the mindset. And and so many people, uh, if you don't fish, uh, you just fish for fun, and you don't fish professionally. So much of this is if your mind's not in this game, you can't win, can you? No, it's all mental, you know. And I've always said this mechanically: that it's hard to separate yourself around these guys. Everybody can cast really well and skip jigs and you name it, but uh, they know how to read their electronics too. A lot of them and. It's, it's all mindset and how you make decisions on the water. Absolutely, and the electronics played a big part of this one, didn't it? Absolutely. You know, this time of year, they fish. They're 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 out there. They're on bait. They're on shad, and and they're just they're still in a wintertime pattern, and that's just what these fish have done for years and years, and 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 it's one of my favorite ways to catch them. Yeah, and that, and that's fun, and but you know everybody's uh, uh, got the same uh, I think skill set in a way. Learning the new electronics, it's not so new anymore. It's been out for a while. Um, it's a tool. It's just another tool. And and there's are some people that aren't using it, but uh, they seem to excel in different situations. Yeah, you know I've spent a ton of time this past fall really uh, dialing in. You know, all of my transducers and my casting and, and, and just getting all of everything set up and just practicing, you know, just practicing your craft. That's what you got to do. And, um, you know, I, I can't 
say enough about time on the water. You know, this fall I went deer hunting some, but I was on the water three, four days a week, just really preparing for this season and this tournament. Yeah, there is. I, I 100% agree. There is no substitute for time on the water or whatever sport you're doing, the golf course, the basketball court, the, the baseball field. If you're not out there doing it, breathing it, living it, uh, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah, you you may have the skill set and you may do okay, but uh, I think you're giving the high school and collegiate kids a tip here. Time on the water is what the game is, needs. Absolutely. You know, there there isn't a secret to it. You just, <laughs> man, anytime you're out there, even when you don't catch them, it, you're learning. And, and you can never stop learning, you know. And, and I've seen it year and year and year, and I'm like, man, I, I didn't know this last year. And you just become better and better and better at certain things. So it's, it's a cool way to progress your, your game. And, and I, I learn every time I go. You, you said every time you're out there, you don't catch them. Now, some days you have to do a tournament on a day that the fishing isn't as good as others. Do you like a tournament that it's it's not a slugfest, but something where, wow, I, I hope I catch five or six or seven fish today? Yeah, you know, sometimes you're just not on the mega mega place, you know. <laughs> so a lot of times you're not, and you kind of just kind of grind it out. But I, I really enjoy those tournaments that, that are a grind and – if you get a little something going, you can make it uh, really pay off for you throughout the day. But Toledo was a slugfest. Yeah. Them guys were crushing them. And I was just glad I could keep up with them all week and, you know, and, and, and adapt with all the changing weather. Yeah, absolutely. How about uh, the rest of the schedule going forward? What are you excited about? Any other ones in particular? I mean, is this was this one a surprise to you? Because you thought you'd do really well and maybe win in a different one. I know you. You probably feel you're going to win every one, or you wouldn't be playing this game. But is, is there something on the schedule that is getting you excited now that you won this one? You know, uh, we go to Santee Cooper next, and then we have Redcrest, which is at yeah. Lay Lake. I, I've grew up, you know, in Clanton, Alabama, and I live 15 minutes away from Lay Lake, and I, I grew up fishing that lake, and, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's March the 14th is when it starts, and that is on my, my next radar, and I think that's going to be a great tournament, and that's our, that's our championship. That's, that's the one you want to win. March 14th, uh, middle of March, the Lay Lake, should they be fishing all stages, pre-spawn and post? Yeah, well, not not post-spawn, but you'll have a bunch of fish that are moving up to get on bed, and then you'll have a lot of fish that are staging up pre-spawn, and then you'll have some that, that are that are kind of still in a winter deal. You know, it just all depends on the weather. If it, if it warms up, then it will be a shallow water bite for sure, but... I've seen it snowing in March also, so you can't never tell. Yeah, we had uh, a really uh, cold snap to the start of the year here. Across the country, the temperatures were all 10, 15, 20 degrees cooler than normal, and now it's kind of stabilized, actually got a little warm, but then it looks like we're kind of going back to a warmer, um, warmer uh, or a no more normal winter. How important is that weather to you? Are you watching it every day? I'm always looking at the weather, the fronts, the rain, and I'm, I'm always paying attention to trends. You know, it's just trending up, and I think I'm hoping that we've hit the bottom. And when I say that, is when the water temp hits the lowest that it's going to get, 
and it starts trending back up. That's like a switch, these fish. They start switching. They start moving shallower. They start staging up, doing that pre-spawn deal. And it's a big difference because, like, in the wintertime, the fish stay on the main body. They get out there deep. They're really hard to catch. They're not as, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not in traditional places, I guess you would say. Now we, we're starting to turn the corner. They're starting to stage up on brush piles. They're they're in that transition like, hey, let's let's get out of the main river and let's let's get on this little secondary point now. And then before you know it, in three more weeks, you'll start seeing buck bass and two-pounders getting in the back and three-pounders. And then before you know it, the big females are going to show up. So I love this time of year. It's exciting. It's time to fish. It's springtime. Yeah, so there's that cold weather, and and when it stops and starts going, it's almost like pushing a reset button. That's a reset for sure. Awesome. Well, that and that's a good observation and good for uh, the listeners to hear. Dustin, I got to take a quick break for my sponsors. When we come back, we want to hear about who keeps you on the water. I am Dave Kranz. This is the Weepfish ASA podcast. We will be right back after these messages. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals who want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Iowa, our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool, as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system, gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. Fish ASA podcast is back. I am Dave Kranz here with Dustin Cannell. Dustin, uh, we took a quick break for some of our sponsors. Who keeps you on the water? Who? None of us can do this on our own. Who helps you out? Yeah, you know, uh, I was really fortunate to partner with uh, Rapala this coming season and beyond. And, you know, Rapala, BMC, they're, they're, they're an iconic brand, and it's just awesome to be part of them. I love everyone within their company. And, you know, Jacob Wheeler is one of my really best friends, and he's uh, designed uh, a lineup of soft plastics, which is called Crush City. And that's what I won that tournament on at Toledo. And, you know, I just like being part of an innovative, um, you know, just a up-to-date deal, and they, they, they listen to their anglers, and it's just it's just cool to see um, the progression of fishing and lures. And, man, I love it. I'm a tinkering guy. I love tinkering with baits, but I'm partnered with them. Um, Real Tree Fishing, Favorite Rods, um, Triton Boats, Bass Pro Shop, and you know seagull line and you know the list goes on mercury 
and the, they keep me out there on the water and I, I mean golly i've just been very really fortunate to work with some great companies absolutely and and uh and i think for the high school and collegiate kids you listen to these companies that he has and all companies that sponsor fishing they they don't want to hear about how many fish you catch they want you to be passionate about their brands they want you to believe in their brands they want you to be able to sell the brands let's be realistic this is about selling product don't it's not as much about the fishing as they would think is it you know there's a definite business side to, to anything i guess you'd say and um i it, i've kind of gotten to the point where i'm like you know I, number one for me is the sport is fishing number two you got to treat it like a business and i go out there with the mindset of hey if i can catch them a certain way i ain't gonna be stubborn but but i really want to you know use my partner's products and promote them and, and just support them and and i i always say that i'm like please y'all you know support the brands that keep us out here so it's it's just awesome to see yeah, absolutely, and and sometimes it's a technique that maybe your your partner's brands don't have the uh, perfect bait for. But like you said, it that's the business end of it. The fishing end of it is something else. On game day, you're trying to win, and that's good for your partners, and it's good for you, and uh, definitely doesn't uh, hurt to get another uh, another case in the tro another uh, trophy in that case that you got. Oh, ain't no doubt. Yeah, it was a great week. Golly, that was my fifth Bass Pro Tour trophy, and I've just been super blessed. God's been good to me. Absolutely, and uh, I think I think the uh, the fishing world realizes that, and you're a good spokesman for for the industry. Uh, beyond beyond the red crest. Uh, uh, are you guys coming north this year? Do you are you coming up to the Canadian border or anything like that? We have one tournament at St. Lawrence River, and it is in August. And that is one of my favorite places to fish ever. I love smallmouth fishing. It's my favorite way to fish. And, you know, St. Lawrence is, guys, uh, it's, it's like a, a a paradise for me. I love fishing current, a big smallmouth. The weather's great up there. It's normally 100 degrees in my house in August, and I go up there with a sweatshirt on. So that's that one's gonna be fun. Yeah, in August it's starting to be like fall up there. Now I, I, I think you guys are going out of Waddington. There is, is that take the lake out of play or, or not? Yeah, we they cut us off at the mouth of the lake, um, all the way at the at the, the the furthest point. Okay. And uh, so it'll be a river tournament, but uh, oh, man, I've done really well there. Every time I go, I've I've just really caught good. That tournament is going to be a smash fest. I mean, they're they're going to catch them, and that's like the pinnacle of my tr my whole season to me. Other than Redcrest, is going north. There you go. Now, yeah, you got tournaments out of Messina. You got tournaments out, out of Waddington. The, all those fish that they bring from the lakes go there. They don't all make it back to the lake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That 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 Waddington pool is impressive. I mean, and how many fish and how many big ones are down there too? And I feel like it gets a little overshadowed by the lake and all them other ones. But my goodness, you can launch the boat in Waddington and catch six pound smallmouth. It's crazy. Yep, absolutely, and and it's going out of there, so it's uh, that's a good thing, and you're going to have fun there, and. Uh, um, it seems like so many people drop shot there. Is there? Uh, is there, you know, other techniques that, that work there for you? 
You know, I've caught them on a jerk bait there really good, but uh, that clear water, man, uh, finesse fishing and spinning rods is just a really good thing. A lot of that time of year, the fish will be really deep. You know, I've caught them out to 50 feet there, and, and I feel like the mass majority is going to be out there, you know, out 20 foot plus. Right. But there's always a few big, big ones up shallow on the St. Lawrence River, so don't be surprised you see shallow water fishing. And then with our format change, going back to all fish counts, don't think that largemouth won't play because that place is phenomenal for largemouth too, and there's some big ones there. Yeah, yeah, with all fish, I didn't think about that, but yeah, all fish uh, counting, it's not just five, and yeah, the largemouth uh, fishery where you might not see as many six-pounders there, but there seems to be a lot of three to fives there, which I don't think any of you guys would be disappointed with uh, weighing. No, no, I, uh, I've caught some really good, I had some really good days there with largemouth flipping. I mean, you get 30, 40 flipping bites, so. But it's going to be fun, man. The rest of the season is going to be great, and I'm I'm excited. No, and you and you should be. You've had had a great start, and uh, uh, and and I think uh, you got the red crest. That's kind of you got to like you said. That's kind of home water, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was going to be fun. You know, that's 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 right there at my house. I'm going to stay at my house during that tournament, and uh, I'm ready to catch some in that one. Golly. Does that make a difference sometimes, uh, the farther they are that you have to travel and be on the road? Does does that uh, time on the road af uh, affect the mindset, or does it give you time to think things through? You know, just being gone away from the house, it's uh, it, it, it's fun, and I really enjoy it, but I don't get to fish a ton around my house that much. I'm always on the road, and I, I just enjoy being home and fishing around the same places I grew up and it just uh, sentimental to me, just pulling up and having an opportunity on one of my home lakes. So that that's on my bucket list. That one is something that I really, really want to do, and, and uh, we shall see. And it'll be here before we know it, and hopefully you'll be getting the uh, the phone call from me saying, hey, I want to have you back on the We Fish ASA podcast, and uh, hopefully that'll go well for you. And I truly appreciate your time, Dustin, and uh, appreciate all the insight that you gave to the listeners. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again here soon. And, uh, man, it'd be nice to talk about March after that tournament. I, I, thank you again for having me, and uh, it's been great. And thank you all for all the support out there, and uh, means it means a ton to me. Excellent. That was Dustin Cannell. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. I would like to remind everybody that this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Thank you, Calcutta, a company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I'd also like to thank St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and Daiwa. Thank you. They've got your bass covered. You heard from Dan Johnson about keeping fishing fun. Thanks, as always, Dan. And then Ken Duke always gives good opinions and information on the world of bass fishing. And you just heard from Dustin Cannell, winner of $100,000 on Toledo Bend. Thank you, Dustin, for your time. And I am looking forward to bringing you the We Fish ASA podcast next week. Until then, please take someone fishing to help grow our sport. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. 
You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.